Welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Dr. Joni Cannell shares communication strategies for technical people. She shares her own stories of learning to communicate and brings in other nerds and experts to show you how to interact with people in a way that's comfortable for you. And now, here's your host, the uniquely qualified engineer turned psychologist, Dr. Joni Cannell. Hi, and welcome to Reinventing Nerds. And today we have a really fun guest. His name is David Wallace. And David is an electrician by trade. He's also the president of Fifth Avenue Energy. And what is Fifth Avenue Energy? It's a San Diego-based electrical contracting firm that specializes in solar and renewable energy solutions in the commercial and industrial space. Now, David has big plans for this company. I'll let him tell us about that as we move through the show here. But first, let, let's hear a little bit more about David. So welcome, David, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Joni. Um, well, of course, my name is David Wallace. I am 39 years old, and I grew up in the Southern California metropolitan area. And what is particularly uh, unique about me is... Uh, I grew up kind of loving all things technical or complicated or based around science and uh, kind of found my calling early. So uh, I would start by taking stuff apart that I would get for Christmas, <laughs> literally on the day, and it would all be in pieces. <laughs> and my family thought I was nuts. And I would ask for these really expensive toys that did all this robotic type of stuff things and I would take it all apart to see how it worked. Couldn't put it back together, but love taking it apart. Um, so about me, I am married. I have uh, two wonderful daughters. I have two older sons. I have a German shepherd who's getting on my nerves and, uh, you know, aquarium, a few fish, and some other stuff. I don't know. Um, other than that, I just a lover of all things technical, especially renewable energy. Okay, yes. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that uh, and your firm. So when you do the renewable energy, what part of it do you do? Are you start to finish or yeah, where's your well, role? We come in and we kind of give the, um, once we get the permission to kind of roam the site and do like a big introspection, uh, I, I compare it to a, like your doctor giving you a, a physical and we kind of go through the facility and look at what they're using, uh, what kind of lighting do they have, what kind of uh, HVAC equipment they're using, how they're using it, how long they use it, are they um, drawing power at night, is it, is it um, in excess of what they need, and we kind of give the whole building a once over, then we kind of decide how to best approach mitigating the energy they're consuming um, against their budget. And, you know, everybody has a budget, but if money wasn't a factor, you would look at it from top to bottom, what consumes the most, and then attack that as a problem. And you basically go through it and take it one step at a time. And you may change out lighting, you may change out, uh, you may add solar panels, you may add a battery, you may change out the HVAC system, or maybe they're running with all these things already in place and they're not using it correctly and it's running at night, no one's in the building, and you come in and you just kind of assess and then come up with a plan of attack. 
Okay, so I'm seeing in this scenario lots of opportunities, we'll call them, to communicate with people. And since I'm all about how do technical people communicate with non-technical people, because it sounds like you might be dealing with some non-technical people too, right? right. Um, yeah, tell, tell us about that. Tell, tell the viewers and the listeners what kind of scenarios you run into where you are having to communicate these technical issues to these folks. Well, the, the largest obstacle that I find that it's not a non-technical person per se, or at least they wouldn't classify themselves as that, as that, they're usually engineers and they have an engineering background. However, they are primarily focused in buildings and facilities and drywall and asphalt and things like that. And not, they're not used to speaking about flow of electrons and solar, <laughs> yeah. you know, asthmus and, you know, things of that nature. And what makes solar very complicated is that the pricing is constantly fluctuating, um, not necessarily always going down. If, if you notice recently, there's been tariffs uh, on some of the stuff mm -hmm. coming from China. That's a large manufacturer of solar panels. And so that affects us down the line. Mm -hmm. And so where you end up with the, the struggles is conveying this to your buyer, to your customer, and letting them know that you feel their plight and you want to solve their problem. And you, you have to mask over these issues, uh, especially when it comes to budget or timeline or procurement. And it's easy for the guy who bathes them in this every day and who, who kind of lives and breathes this world to convey, I, I can say these things, but the emotion that I express is not received well on the other side because maybe they're just a bean counter and maybe they just have, you know, a certain budget and maybe they're like, dude, get it out so I can check this box. Whoa, wait and a minute. So what's the emotion that comes with this? Tell me more. There's an emotion that comes when you're driven by something. If I could literally do my job mm -hmm. for free, I would. Yeah. That's, that's why I went into business. Um, right. uh, to be honest, the sales gets in the way. Like if people just got out of the way and just let me put solar in and change things and, mm -hmm. you know, put in the new technologies, I'd literally <laughs> be a happy guy. So, so it's um, the passion that you're really talking about. There's the a passion there. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, wow. and, and it can make or break a sale because I can be passionately frustrated that they're not understanding. <laughs> that, that's a new term for me. Passionately frustrated. Right. right that, leads to, that leads to some aggressive negotiations sometimes when you have two personality types in the same room and okay. one's protecting one thing like their budget and the other one's protecting the other which is the environment mm -hmm. and then you have this convergence and there's a lot of sparks that fly so mm -hmm. um so like what are some other things that have come up for you and how have you gotten through that well, some of those things I'm working through as we speak okay. <laughs> uh, via email, obviously you send an email, you let it cool off. Um, but to be honest, all, all jokes aside, you express yourself and then you make it, it's kind of like a marriage. You make the, the environment pleasant enough they, where they can express themselves back. And then you try to mitigate the obstacles and sur surmount the obstacles because there's there's a lot of passion that goes back and forth. There's a lot of experience that goes back and forth where one person will say, well, how come you can't just do this? And that may be, why can't you just build this thing, throw some panels on it, give me a price and move on. Mm 
well because it's not that simple. There's other things we're, we're mitigating. We're looking at your consumption. We're looking at rising energy rates. We take all those things in the, into account to provide you the best price and the best, best equipment. I don't do you a good service if as soon as I put in my, my system, it's obsolete, right? And that takes time and it takes designers and it takes engineers and it takes all these moving parts, whereas your customer may not see that or may not be on the right timeline for that. And that creates some issues there. All right, so part of it's so helping people understand the context and the different pieces of the puzzle that have to fit together to make this work. So it's sharing information about that, informing them. But then there would also be the frustrations. And you're talking about making it a pleasant environment. So how do you do that? What do you do to make a pleasant environment? Well, the first thing I do is check my ego at the door. Okay, yeah, Uh, big one. uh, It's Mm -hmm. the first thing you got to do. You know, I don't care how many years you have in the business or how many years you have in anything. If if the, the person receiving your message feels it threatened in any way, um, it's going to complicate the communication, you know, exponentially. So where I come in is I just try to be humble. I ask questions. I listen. I make sure not to interrupt uh, kind of the basics of communication. And then the thing I think is hardest for me is reading body language. Okay. Body language is a big one. The nonverbals is huge. And training yourself to read those is huge. All right. So, you know, this is something that comes up a lot for for nerds, right? You know, that, I mean, it comes up for all of us, but, you know, that's not something that we were necessarily trained in school and your engineering trade, you know, how to read body language. How did you do that? How did you learn how to do this? Uh, First off, uh, I think... uh, I had to hone in my focus because I'm usually thinking of the next thing I'm going to say, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what this person's trying to express. It's a chess match or it's like a game of Uno. It's like you put down the next card and you try and get through it fast. Because I think as, as nerds and technical people, we were competitive. Uh, and we can see in a conversation or an argument or a discussion as a competition. And it's not necessarily that. Sometimes it's just trying to understand where this person's coming from and get them to understand that you want to understand. Oh, and that's a big one. Yeah. That that definitely disarms someone that mm-hmm. is combative or defensive or uninformed, but not comfortable enough to let you know they're uninformed. So you're you're building a lot of things. You're shooting at these targets here and there's, there's a lot you're trying to convey and then there's a lot you're trying to disarm and then you're trying to build trust at the same time. And that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. You know, one thing that I do personally, and I also recommend to others is a little bit of grounding ahead of time before you walk into the meeting. And, you know, I do this sometimes I sit there and go, what is the purpose? What is my purpose at this meeting? Is it to be informing somebody? Is it to be having a negotiation? Is it to listen and just take in everything? And I have to set myself up to go in and know, okay, which mode do I need to be in? If I'm taking everything in, I need to set myself up. But I am not thinking ahead. Like you just said, I'm not trying to solve the problems. I'm not trying to compete to, to show that I know more. You know, I'm just trying to get the information that I need to help the person. And 
um, that can be very helpful. I mean, do you do that when you go into a meeting or is that something? Yeah. And, and what I find comforting is the way you described it. it. It's exactly how I do it. It's literally a robotic function of mine. Like which button do I push on yeah. David to be the right version of David? You don't want the David that's sitting watching a baseball game. He's going <laughs> to get everybody off, right? Because he's passionate and mm-hmm. you there there's a set personality type i want to say or a or a a I, I hate to say that that i do this but i put myself in a box and i choose which box i want to be in and i don't let myself get out of that box oh, i don't let myself kind of flow over it's like hey this is who you need to be and this is how it's kind of going to structure and that i think that's what it is if i structure myself a certain way and have a certain mindset heading into a meeting, then I'm okay. And then as my, as my hearer or the person receiving my message or my customer, mm-hmm. if he breaks form, I break form and I just match. And that's the way I can keep it as a game and still play the game and not get out of my. Wow. I love the terminology you're using here because this is something that a lot of nerds can really grasp onto. We're playing a game, we're matching up you know, uh, the different deliveries, we're turning on switches, staying in boxes, you know, this is, this is great. I mean, if we're talking to a bunch of actors or people of artists, we might use different terms, right? But these are terms that a lot of people in tech, you know, would really respond to. Um, Okay. So um, in terms of uh, just getting inside the heads of nerds, though, I mean, what are some of your insights? We, you've talked a little bit about how you do things. What do you think? I mean, you deal with a lot of technical people. What are some insights into just how they think? Well, I, th- I think technical people differ disproportionately to kind of artistic people mm-hmm. because we are I don't want to say this the wrong way. We have a more disciplined approach to thinking. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, we don't have the freedom to say, I'm just going to Bob Ross it and just start building a bush over here and start painting. <laughs> I mean, you do not want me painting or mm-hmm. coloring or drawing or doing anything like that because I'm undisciplined in that area. Um, where I stay is in my comfort zone and in my box. And, and it's, I'm okay with not being able to think out of the box because I have so many boxes. Otherwise it's a mess and I don't like being a mess. I'm, I'm at a loss when I'm a mess. So what's going on in my head, it, especially when things hit me like emotions I'm not ready for, or I'm, I'm not familiar with is I, I try to find a way to classify them. And if I'm in a conversation and the conversation is not somewhere where I'm, um, you know, cause uh, we're, we're nerds. we, we don't always fit in in every situation. I, I can't hang out with a bunch of guitar players or mm-hmm. artists or dancers. It, mm-hmm. They speak a language I don't speak. So I'm out of my box there. So the second we start talking about comic books or math or science or space exploration or the native, latest flub from Apple or, te- or Tesla or, you know, something like that, then I'm, I'm, I'm back in my realm because that all has a discipline. Uh, so I think what's going on to answer your question, what's going on in my head is usually I, I may be veering off or I may be daydreaming, but it has something to do with some type of boxed disciplined theory. Mm-hmm. Even though I may not be in the conversation I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be, uh, it, 
it's it's something that's predicated on logic and something technical. Usually. Okay. Yes. You know, that's so interesting because now you're talking about, okay, in your job, a lot of times you are talking to other technical people, even if they don't share the same technology. So you have to sort of translate that. But I mean, are you running into people who are these creative types, you know, who, um, that maybe an end customer or something like that. And suddenly uh, you're having to communicate in, in a way that works for them. I mean, how does that come up for you? It does. Um, usually, I, I want to say more often than not, I deal with more technical people, which makes me feel more comfortable in my job. Mm-hmm. When I get the atypical personality type, someone that's non-technical that wants to kind of rattle it out. I mean, I, I deal with everything from, you know, John Wayne type guys who wants to shoot from the hips and <laughs> you know, kind of throw some some numbers in the air and say, hey, is that close? And and you, you kind of stand back like, no, that's not close at all. Where did you come up with that number? Like, actually, what what are you speaking? Are we even talking about the same project? Like, is this, like you have a million questions, and then it, mm-hmm. I can veer off, kind of like I'm doing now. I can veer off to just wanting to understand what this person does all day and, mm-hmm. and how he does it and how it comes out accurate for him because I couldn't do that. Like I need a sheet of paper and I need an Excel spreadsheet and I need to kind of Mm -hmm. make things concise. Uh, On the other side, conversely, uh, you may deal with a woman who is more, brings the motherly role to the job and she exudes that and she's very warm and, and she doesn't have the walls that you would expect Mm -hmm. uh, this, the other engineer to have very easy to talk to. And, and I find myself, better suited to speak so sometimes the the opposite personalities really mesh because she's listening Mm -hmm. and i don't have to be so disciplined and rigid in my my delivery because she just wants to listen and hear Mm -hmm. then she has questions and then it's it it ends up being more structured than you would imagine it would be sometimes two technical guys can sit there and just it'll be the techno robots battling and one's trying to (laughs) back the other one with more information right Um, So sometimes it works out to where you have two opposites and the information and the ideas get transferred very well. The meeting goes great. Okay. So if you had to pick, what would be your ideal person to work with? Oh, that's a hard one, Johnny. (laughs) Uh, Ideal. Uh, ideally would be if you really want to know the truth someone with an electrical background that speaks electrical okay. you know an electrical facilities manager mm-hmm. or solar or an energy manager who can where iron sharpens iron where I provide them new information they provide excuse me me new information and we're able to get to the goal a lot faster in a more like hyper speed because we're already kind of running on the same space-time continuum you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's just easier because you already share the same information and assumptions probably going into yeah. it. The and, vernacular is the same. There's mm-hmm. there's not so many you know technical hurdles or you know uh, conversational hurdles. We and we end up liking the same thing anyway. I can bring up Comic Con; they're all over it. Like, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, we, <laughs> we can say nerd jokes. He he laughs. I laugh. You know that that makes it a lot more comfortable. But uh, as as anyone who's been around knows, it, it takes all types. So yeah, we'll probably build the best system that money can buy, and his budget will be blown by you know three million dollars. So uh, <laughs> that'll be the problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is why we take other people and put them into those roles. 
So now here's another question because I've been asking you how you communicate with others and how you sort of shift gears or, um, you know, adjust to their needs. How would you suggest that other non-technical people communicate with you or other technical people in general? Um, technical people. I mean, if, if we're talking someone who's artistic that went to school to be an engineer and they learned the job and, then they left and they wanted to play piano for a living, I would say they would just be a well-rounded person. But mm -hmm. if we're talking nerds, if we're talking true nerds, n nerds stay in their zone. They stay, they like what builds knowledge. They like nerdy things, things they can kind of be studious about. Mm -hmm. um, so when I, for, with my wife, for instance, when she tries to listen, um, I have to, I find myself having to express myself to my satisfaction, not necessarily, she can be quiet, but if I don't get certain cues or if I don't get cues from my audience or cues from my, my customer that they're listening and understanding, it throws me off. And then there's a small element of, of insecurity that comes in. It's like, mm -hmm. did you understand what I said? Or did I not say it the right way? Or did I fly through it too quickly? Mm -hmm. You know, you, there's a bit of second guessing because you're kind of used to being the guy with the information, at, at least about the, the subject you're talking about, kind of right. used to being the smartest guy in the room. And then you're used to getting kind of the jabs going, oh yeah, you talk forever. Or, hey, I, I was right with you until you went into amps and, you know, electron theory and, and I lost you. So th there's some things there in, in the nerd psyche where you second guess yourself going, Hey, am, am I going too far nerd on you? Am I, are you still with me and things like that? So, uh, and sometimes that backfires. You kind of sound condescending. Sometimes you just got to work it out. Yeah. I think I hear that a lot actually uh, when people are really knowledgeable about a certain area, you know, a specialty is what I'm trying to say and mixing up here. Uh, and people don't understand that it can sound condescending and that would be a really good thing to pay attention to. Uh, arrogance can be another thing there. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I want to hear a little bit about um, your, your, let's say your customer base so that our listeners and our viewers, if they want to contact you, uh, who are these people that, that you're wanting to work for and how can they reach you? Uh, well, we have a website. Um, it's uh, www.fifthavenueenergy.com. That's Fifth Avenue with a five, not the not the word F spelled out, the number five. And uh, you can always reach me at my email, david at fifthavenueenergy.com. Um, and as far as my customer base, uh, we're looking for anywhere. We're based in California. And it, as you know, California has an energy mandate to provide 33% of their energy to the state uh, through renewable energy by 2020. So we are basically a solution to that problem. So we have procrastinators, we have laggers, we have budget issues, we have people that just don't know where to turn. And what we try to be is a cure-all for the firm that are, we're technology agnostic. We don't sell one technology versus the other. We come in, we diagnose, we work with your budget and we get you off the grid as best we can. Um, and that ends up paying for itself in, in one way or, or another. Um, so right now we're in this state space where, you know, working with Caltrans, uh, we're in the federal government space and then we're doing um, 
private commercial work. Uh, we're even doing EV charging stations for the new electrical vehicles uh, that are hitting California, and we're expecting that to do pretty well. Right, and you also have plans to go national too, right? Absolutely. So, um, you know, and that, that curves into the federal government uh, platform arena um, in the business model. We're planning just to go to the military bases because usually what we've seen uh, going back to 2008 when we first started in solar, uh, we saw that the government was the first to adopt and really start cranking it at volume. And, you know, it, it turned to be kind of the catalyst for the economy, the solar economy in California, which is booming. So we figured we'd start here and uh, start with our roots and then just branch out and kind of head towards the East Coast, see what stops us. <laughs> <laughs> and it won't be the communications. We've already heard that here because you've actually come a long way. I mean, I'm really impressed that uh, you're very insightful in the way you look at how to interact with people. That's something that I don't see as often uh, when I'm working with technical people. And that's, those are the kind of skills that, that people need to learn. So you're a great role model. And uh, I mean, are you teaching these people on your teams too? I mean, do you have these technical people on your teams that you impart these skills to? And if so, how do you do it? Well, uh, I appreciate the compliment. I'm a great role model. I wasn't going to go that far. Uh, I think some of, uh, of my team would say, David, a great role model. Yeah, you oh. can teach you how to do some things. Um, I, I think it's one of the byproducts uh, as a CEO and an entrepreneur. Uh, we wear all the hats and we're sometimes the horse and the jockey. And there's, there's a progression there. You're, you never start. You never finish where you started. So when you're at your goal, you're a different person. And I think these are things that I've had to look back on in myself after I've failed, after something went wrong, after a conversation went sideways and you, you do a lot of introspection, go, what did I do wrong here? What could I have said? You know, and then you ask another person in the room that went with you from your team, did I come off this way? And they're like, yeah, you kind of did, you know, and, yeah. and that's kind of where, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's when the sparks fly and, and that's where the change happens. If, if you're smart enough to do it. Yeah. And getting that feedback is critical. I mean, you're just saying all the right stuff. I don't know if you practiced here. <laughs> Tell me all the right stuff or this is like, yeah, really you're getting the feedback. You're thinking about things ahead of time and how you want to show up and um, adjusting as you need to. Wow, you know, you got it. So uh, we expect great things from Fifth Avenue Energy as a result. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed, right? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap things up today. It's been our show, and thanks so much, David, for being a, a guest on the show today. It was my pleasure, Johnny. Um, this is great. So I'd love for people who are listening and watching to subscribe and tell your friends and coworkers about us. We're reinventingnerds.com. And you can also find David's contact information on our show notes on that site. And you can join our Facebook and LinkedIn groups as well if you want resources and interesting conversations with people like David, who is actually a member on my uh, LinkedIn group. So uh, thank you very much and have a good day. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Reinventing Nerds and encourage you to apply what you learned to help you communicate better. For a free consultation with Joni to see how she can help you further, please visit ReinventingNerds.com. Until then, embrace your inner nerd and remain true to yourself while you develop your communication strategies.